0: Listener production. Mm-hmm.
1: bacon smells nice. Bacon. So does All Day Breakfast with Matt and Alex.
2: Hello and welcome to All Day Breakfast, the podcast that does feature Matt and Alex, as mentioned. But big old team here at All Day Breakfast, Matt, and we're very happy to announce uh, the news coming through yesterday that our incredible producer Bron has just been awarded the uh, Radio Today 30 Under 30 spot. Hey, bronze. congratulations! Thank you. There we go. 30 Under 30 and thriving. Well
3: done. Um, how's it feel?
1: Feels good. Feel, I feel great, yes. Under 30, flirty and thriving.
3: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it? Is it... Um, do you win? Do you do you get to like? Do you get anything? A prize? A, a statue?
1: I think we get the glory.
3: Oh right, uh, right,
2: right. Yeah. right. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, that's pretty Glory's, good. One. The glory is pretty good. I'm sure there's a. I'm sure there's a wireless charger floating around <laughs> the uh, offices as well. If you want, you can take a robe home if you want as well. Yeah,
2: and that's one win from one nomination. Much better than The Handmaid's Tale, as we discussed yeah. this week. So uh, very well done. Thank you for all you do on the show, including that which you will do because I overheard a conversation you were having on the phone earlier on, I um, quickly jumped on the record button and uh, we're gonna be having a little discussion with you later, Bron.
1: I'm so nervous. You're gonna
2: continue <laughs> contributing to this program because it is quite funny what has happened. But other big news as well here at All Day Breakfast, Matt.
3: Yeah, that's right. We're gonna be chatting to Annika Smithhurst who's just released a book about the very first biography of our current prime minister, Scott Morrison. It's called The Accidental Prime Minister. So we're gonna be digging deep uh, that's interesting Because in
2: anex- we talked to um Sam Mack, the accidental weatherman. So I wonder if uh is the um the same same thing. Entered a radio yep. competition and then <laughs> worked his way
3: onto radio and then onto the project and then onto TV. I wonder if Sam Mack's ever done an accidental poop in a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll <laughs> have to ask.
2: Well, I but, think. Uh, well, I don't I don't know if there's anything accidental. I, I don't think that's <laughs> the the deliberate nature of it has been proven one way or the other yet, has it?
3: <laughs> we'll have to dig in. I'm going to ask Annika about this. <laughs> That's I, I will. I'm going to have to. Where, what doesn't get brought up? And are there any facts behind the claims? Um, we're also talking to an insider today, getting uh, woody with our insider. And also, oh, that sounded bad. That sounded worse than what it meant. I meant we're getting wooden. Oh. Anyway, this... we're... It's all day breakfast. <laughs> oh, man. Here
1: we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast.
2: Oh, yesterday, Matt, we had a little chat about overheard conversations after Woods is the goods yelled out a little bit prematurely um, in the household whilst I was on, on a call to the
3: real estate agent. And uh, I just overheard a phone call just then in the, in the stew. You were, you were quick enough to hit record on it as well. So we've got the... Uh... We've got the audio example of it here. There's our producer, Bron, doing some dealings.
1: Pete, P-E-T-E, um, W-E-N-T-Z. <laughs> Thanks, Ben.
2: Now, Bron, what is going on there?
1: <laughs> didn't know you were recording
2: that. <laughs> uh, the fastest button pusher in the West. Um, you were spelling something out there. What was going on?
1: Um. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's. I've changed it now, but that was my work password.
3: <laughs> uh, for those... wait, 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 wait! You can't, you can't play her work password out on no. air. No, well, there's
2: there's numbers and punctuation in it, but I think you can you could tell us what the the crux of the password is, Brad, because it is changed and it is funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so embarrassing. <laughs> Come on,
3: so tell us what happened. What happened?
1: Oh. It's, it's kind of a long story, but a couple months ago, I changed my work password. I thought it was just for me, a little <laughs> joke I could have with myself every day when I log in at work. Well, it's because oh,
2: no. very, there's very few places in this 21st century society where you do get some true privacy. Is there? I mean, security cameras everywhere you know you're locked
3: down in your house with your partners there's only your phone knows more about you than yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know about yourself knows all your your, your eating habits who you talk to how where you walk how many steps you've taken a day <laughs> <laughs> and then
2: google knows
3: all this stuff
2: and so when it comes to the password that's that's one thing that's that's yours Bron. that's just that's just your own well, thing so
1: i thought so i changed it then alex had to find out about it a couple months ago too because he started using my password for some work login stuff we do to push the buttons.
2: I have to log into the buttons. Like if I was going to press something on this little button bar, let's just let's just say it's something like this.
1: You've got to log Why in. Why is that still there? <laughs> You've got to. I've got to log
2: into that system. You know, and rather than having my own and having to change it all the time, I just go, oh, bro, what's your password? That'll make it easier, so we can do that. And I cop cop what you heard, which is MRS. P-E-T-E-W-E-N-T-Z, Mrs. Pete Wentz.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, I didn't know who Pete Wentz was.
1: That's a shame. <laughs> who is Pete Wentz? He's the bassist from Fallout Boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so, Brod, when you're asked to come up with a password, which literally can be anything, you put in Mrs.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Pete Wentz. Now, is that a reference to someone else
3: or is that a reference to yourself? <laughs>
1: I'm so embarrassed.
3: <laughs> I honestly, I would have absolutely <laughs> thought it was going to be Mrs. Andrew Gaze. That's yeah. what I like. I thought for sure. But, I mean, but wait, just to be clarified, you don't use this password for everything?
1: No, this was just meant to be my private little work joke with myself every morning when I log in. <laughs> it was meant to be just for me, but it's kind of spread a little bit further. So Alex was the first one to find out. Then I switched um, laptops as well. So then a couple IT people had to find out. Then um, I had to do these awards for work as well. And they said, oh, just send us your password. We'll we'll have to, you know, sort all this out. So then Nick and Sam, our boss, had to find out. (laughs) Sam sends me an email saying, what's all this about? (laughs) (laughs) Then just literally just before someone messaged me like, hey, I just saw on this Excel spreadsheet your password. How funny. <laughs>
4: <laughs> turns
1: out about 15 people are on this spreadsheet, have access to it. And then just then I had to tell another IT person. So it's gone too far. It's changed now. I'm so mortified.
2: <laughs> it's just it's just changed. You thought that you'd been able to elope with the bass player from Fallout Boy, but the news came through. The holy matrimony was completed in password form. Oh goodness gracious me, Bron! And so um, you've picked something suitable now. You've divorced from Pete.
1: I've, I've picked something very professional. I'll keep it under wraps, okay. confidential. Okay. But if anyone has to hear this one, it's less embarrassing.
3: Sure. Oh, so
2: good. <laughs> I mean, not, just- not like Madam Fred Durst or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Does Pete know about it? I mean, like, have you ever have you ever interviewed him or anything? No, I wish.
2: Oh, you know what well. would happen here? Because I've worked with Bron long enough to know that if she wasn't the person responsible for this, what she would do is after the show, about herself, go, we've got to get Pete Lynch from Fallout Boy on <laughs> the show and surprise, surprise Bron. With that, So I guess, Matt, that's just up to us now. We have to figure out a way to get Pete's words on the show and get Bron back for trying to find any random person we slightly mentioned in an embarrassing context on the program.
1: No, he's one of those people I don't want to meet. I don't want to meet him. I want him to be just a person in my mind... Okay. I would be too embarrassed.
3: Okay. Well. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. We'll see uh, what what sort of
2: strings Matt and Alex can pull.
3: <laughs> Let's <laughs> Some see. You never know. You might be strings. <laughs> you might be talking to Mr. Brodman Doiza uh, <laughs> <laughs> before you know it.
1: My face is so red right. Now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everybody wants to be a pickle jar hero. Hmm. Are you keeping juicy gas from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know what's going on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the
3: down low, shall we?
1: Matt and Alex's insiders. Insiders.
3: Well, he was one of the most famous people in the world. Uh, And he was a carpenter. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about Jesus. Oh. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we were lucky enough to t- to get on to Jesus's people. We've got it. no, on the you can't phone. reveal our uh, our insider's real identity. Oh no. <laughs> Whoops. Okay, sorry, anonymous. Uh, we have a carpenter on the line. Hello, anonymous.
4: How are we going how are we going
3: <laughs> really really good <laughs> you won't thank you me. yeah look
4: um we'll just we'll
2: just keep that voice going because it does I guess the deep voice does sound like the uh, the voice of God but look you are here you are a carpenter and that's all we need to know at this point in this segment where we take a peek behind the curtain at what really goes on at jobs how long have you been a carpenter for anonymous
4: uh, I've been qualified for about eight or so years now uh, running my own business for about four four and a half years.
3: All right, when you're getting into carpentry, what are some of the things that people put you through? Because, I mean, I imagine plumbing, it's just a lot of, you know, elbow elbow deep in poop and, and you know, on the tools, people are asking to go get a left-handed screwdriver or whatever. What, what, what's the what's the bottom of the rung look like for uh,
1: carpentry?
4: Probably the, uh, one of the classic stitch-ups I went through as an apprentice was um, catching the um, sparks of a grinder with a bucket behind one of my tradies at the time. <laughs> <laughs> pick, Don't be falling for that one. Pick up the bucket of sparks.
2: <laughs> so you just stood there with the bucket, and it
4: happened. Yep, just coughing it. Just coughing it.
2: <laughs> Goodness gracious! And in those situations, I, I guess you sort of you hated it at the time. But did you then
4: pass it on? Oh god, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my you god, the that's... buckets use the hands, mate. <laughs> oh, that's
3: funny. No, no. All right. And so, look, you've obviously, you know, you obviously found a love for it. And there's something that must be really awesome about making something that you can feel and touch and, you know, stand on and stuff like that. But I'm assuming you also see some, you know, you must have to come in and rescue a few bodgy jobs that <laughs> old mates, you know, decided to extend the deck on the house himself. <laughs> or, you know, w- w- what have you seen?
4: Oh, that's, that's actually probably one of the classic ones you go through. Um, basically um a lot of people with, uh in hashtags handyman um they think they can just sort of do everything <laughs> and um yeah one of the most important things with carpentry obviously using a lot of timber is making sure you've got the right graded timber for the right job so you mm-hmm. see a lot of handyman or like you know backyard traders as we call them using weaker timber then you, you, you turn up to a job where like yes for instance the deck's half sunken like it's almost like a swimming pool Right the right. <laughs> mission, then, yeah, you've got to go in there and try and rectify it. Goodness me!
2: And I've talked to a few tradies recently. Have their uh, tools stolen from sites. Is tool theft big in the in the carpentry world?
4: Oh, absolutely. I think I think that's across the whole broad spectrum of um, construction. What's so, going um, yeah, on here? Because advice. I wouldn't
3: never occurred to me yeah. that that was a possibility. You got
2: to lock up your tools because they get in. They like, people cut in. They steal these tools and like, where do they go? They get sold on a marketplace or something. What happens?
4: Oh mate, I remember even as an apprentice, um, I had a flash set of uh, drills that I just bought, I was so proud of. Had them for about three or four days, went to smoke, came back, gone. Oh.
3: What, who is stealing Like, is it just people walking past on the streets or people on work sites? What happens?
4: I think it's a bit of both. Like uh, in my instance, I think it must've been someone on the work site, but a lot of the time it's when tradies uh, leave their tools on site over the weekend and stuff like that. Um, and then people are coming in and just knocking them off.
3: So dirty. Oh mate, that's that's dog eh? gay. <laughs> oh
2: dear. now, uh working in Breakfast Radio a bit, we had a lot of texts from the tradies. I mean, they'd they'd set her up, they'd pack her up, and the, the site would be going of off chops all the time. And when it comes to that, what is the hierarchy with tradies when it comes to what is listened to on a site?
4: Oh look, it's gotta be whoever's first there. Unless you're a carpenter, because of course, of course carpenters are a all.
2: So there's no age, there's no experience. Who else, who else gets a gets gets it on top? Because I would have thought if the old the oldest there wanted something on, it'd be pretty tough to uh to change their mind.
4: Oh, mate, like I said, if you're a carpenter, you're bubble anyway, so <laughs> <laughs>
3: you're the most important. Gotcha. Hey, um, Anonymous, there's a lot of news around this week about uh Victorian tradies being denied their tea rooms. Uh, I mean, it's literally kicked off. Riots and protests over the last couple of days are through the city of Melbourne. Reports
2: of a Channel Seven reporter having urine thrown on him whilst reporting live from the protest after one day of not being allowed to work.
3: Now I look, I'd never even heard of a tea room. I didn't, and I I just didn't even understand what what is everyone angry about?
4: The tea room. It's it's a magical area. It's where you, you all get to sit down. You know. Take off a bit of bit of stress. Take five, but the best chats out of the boys come from the tea room. And yeah, of course you take away a man smoker, so what do you expect?
3: Well, right. <laughs> so it's. it's but you I mean, touch- can't you just eat your lunch on the footpath? Like, what's the big deal?
4: It's, it just doesn't hit the same
2: it's
3: not the
4: same. <laughs> I th-
2: I'm pretty sure an iced coffee has no effect if it's not in a
4: room. <laughs> I'm oh, pretty sure. those down my spine.
2: <laughs> that's it. Well, that's interesting because I guess it would be such a masculine place, the tea room. But you know, the whole world since the internet's come in and everything, it is becoming a more like more common to be able to talk about things like mental health. Being able to be more woke. Have you seeing on? Are you out on the ground seeing this effect? Uh, you know, in in action. Is that sort of happening, or is it still quite a, a masculine place?
4: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And uh, one of the really wicked things are about the bigger sites that do have the tea rooms, that is a lot of the time they do promote a lot of uh, mental health, uh, health plans and everything like that in the rooms. But there's a lot of banners going around and you do get the odd uh, people that come in and do a chat um, in their rooms and stuff at lunchtime, which is always really great to see.
3: Yeah, awesome. And, and I mean, are you doing are you doing big work sites or are you doing kind of small house, housing jobs?
4: Um, a bit of both actually, mate. So residential and commercial.
3: Mm. Yeah, right. Okay, and so I mean, if let's say I'm just you know in my house, I need to do I need to get the deck done. All right, what? I'm in, I'm getting a few carpenters and whatever else. I don't know. I'm, I've never picked up a tool <laughs> in my life. So, what? How do, how do I get the best? Deal. How do you spot the best tradie and get the best yeah, deal? Yeah. What, what do I have spot to do when trading? I'm when I'm when um, I'm searching around, when I'm googling, and then how do I get the best quotes? And also, how do I bloody get a quote? Some of you <laughs> bastards don't even reply. What the hell is going on?
4: <laughs> uh, to make it more appealing, you don't over the phone. If you want to try and get someone out, you don't want to be trying to uh, betray that you're trying to get the, the, the cheapest quote or the best price straight away. Mm. So the aim is to them into your house. When they're at your house, you'd want to be, you know, offering them your teas, your coffees, your waters, the bikkies, if you will. Um, you, you really want to butter them up to get the best quote. Right. Okay. I guess
3: because you want to, you want to make them feel like you're going to be a good person
4: to work. That's right. With. That's right.
3: Because they're going to be at your house all the time. You don't want to be. I mean, we had situations where people, you know. Refusing to uh, step inside the bathroom to use a toilet and all this sort of stuff, and <laughs> that's how you told me about that. <laughs> <laughs> and It was a real dilemma. So I guess it matters how, how you're being treated, and then also how do you get a how do you get a good deal? Then after you've you know shared the bikkies and rolled out the red carpet for the nice clean oh, upstairs toilet, oh, what do you what well. do you do?
4: I think a lot of uh, carpenters and traders in general are probably going to be mad at me for saying this, but um, if you want to try and save some money, you'd want to be trying to supply the um, materials, as much materials as you can as possible, because normally. We'll get the, um, the trade discount and then we'll be charging that to you not only at retail, but normally at a percentage. So I put, I put 20% onto retail and yeah, I'm getting it at, at um, trade price.
3: Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Okay. You guys so
4: that's an are the petrol one, so oh, that's fillers of
3: the rental car world.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, when you return the car, they're like, yeah. oh, we buy petrol at... $2.30 a litre.
2: You're like, what? Yeah, we have <laughs> gonna fill it up at that price. No, that's 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 fair call. It's got that uh that premium pickup discount. I, I understand on that one, anonymous, but look, thank you very much for chatting to us here on all day breakfast. One final question for you. Um last couple of years, Woods and I have um we've auditioned for the block. We haven't got on. If we do, do you wanna be our wanna be our tradie?
4: I will not be there. Awesome. Just don't expect me at any certain time because the tradies love their sleepings.
2: Oh, really? OK. All right. Well, we'll see. So does Woods. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Thank you so much for that, Anonymous. We'll catch you later.
4: Thank you. Back to being Jesus. Oh, Anonymous. <laughs>
2: Matt O'Kine, a few years ago at the last election, a prime minister, nine months uh, after coming in in a spill for a party who rode a wave of high after discrediting the previous government for too many spills, uh, was coming up to a new election and somehow were able to pull out a win, making him our longest serving prime minister since John Winston, I believe, Howard. Uh, his name is Scott Morrison. And the first biography of his time has just come out. The Accidental Prime Minister. Its name, it's by our good friend Annika Smethurst, And she's joining us right now. Hello, Annika.
0: Thanks for having me, guys.
3: No, look, thank you very much for writing this book. Uh, the first biography, the 30th Prime Minister of Australia. Um, and you, I mean, I guess when I think about Scott Morrison, um, and you know, it's in the title, The Accidental. Prime Minister, yet for some reason the first word that kind of pops into my head is underestimated.
0: That's a very good assessment. Um, Have you (laughs) read the book? No, that's absolutely how I see it. Um, You know, Malcolm Turnbull had spent his whole life basically working towards being Prime Minister. He got there. Scott Morrison's been there longer. When you were running through that intro, I was just thinking, you know, if you wanted to write a biography on the previous four Prime Ministers, you would have had to do it pretty quickly because we churned through them <laughs> so rapidly. And <laughs> yeah, I think a few prime ministers Scott- could
2: have been an email.
0: <laughs> totally. And I think what Scott Morrison's ability is, is people underestimate him. Um, and that's, you know, quite a skill in itself.
2: Absolutely. Um, could you tell us a little bit of why you, you believe that, um, Aniko? Because when I think about his past, I don't know much about where he's came from, but I think one of the things that has cut through is his time at Tourism Australia, where he did the Where the Bloody How Are You campaign, and from my understanding was he was let go after that. But am I totally wrong about that? How did How did that come about and how did he enter politics?
0: No, he totally did, Uh, he was in control of that and it depends who you talk to about how successful that was. We're all still talking about it and Lara Bingle is a thing. So (laughs) I guess, you know, he's the guy that launched her career. Uh, it was a bit of a disaster. So another though. thing
2: to thank Scott Morrison for.
0: <laughs> Look, it was a bit of a disaster because they actually spent millions on this ad, and then all these countries banned it. It wasn't allowed to be played in the UK <laughs> and a lot of their target markets. And he was like, that's part of it. That's we knew this would happen. It's part of the hype. The minister at the time, who was Fran Bailey, she's a liberal, she was not happy. They had a big Barney about this, and effectively he left that job early. Um, It did launch him though, you know, Scotty from marketing, that's what he's known for. And I would say, you know, he actually does have a lot of marketing finesse. That might not have been a great example, but he is a really good salesman. And I think that's a really important part of modern politics. You you can't be all about legislation and, and parliamentary procedure. You've got to be really good on the campaign trail. And I would argue, I was one of the journalists at the last election that didn't think he was going to win. And he did. Um, so that whole daggy dad, that persona that he really uh, took on is marketing in itself and it worked.
3: Well, I mean, it seems like it is marketing and that it, it certainly was a pushed persona. Is it him?
0: Look, what from what I discovered talking to people that know him, it is him. He just hams it up. And I think he'd be a really silly politician if you came in and decided to completely rewrite who you were. Uh, and not have anything authentic, come in and say, oh, I'm going to be a fan of this sport or pretend I'm this person. You know, he is a daggy dad from the suburbs. He does like rugby. He does like wearing, you know, Tina Arena and wearing a baseball cap. So those things aren't exactly not true. It's the fact that he pretends that he's not part of the Canberra bubble and that he's just some guy that fell into this. No, he's as ruthless as the rest of them.
3: What was the most interesting thing that you learned about Scott Morrison writing this book?
0: <laughs> well, I went back and started looking through his school yearbooks, which, note to young players, are all kept at the National Library. Everybody's are, not just the Prime Minister's.
2: Um, so any in Australia, they get every school in Australia and yes. take the yearbooks there.
0: Are you kidding it's me? Terrifying. I have no idea about that. Yes, <gasps> I know, um, which is I don't even want to think. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So if
3: we go to the State Library and yeah. ask for like our yearbook, yeah. 2002 Brisbane State High, they will have <laughs> it. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Your, I mean, Does that extend to university as well? Because I know did, uh, that Four Corners, when they were looking at um, Christian you know, misogyny Porter. and Christian, Christian Porter, they brought out quotes from that. Was that the National Library as well?
0: Yeah, I suspect they do have them because the university ones were available for Scott Morrison too. His uni, you know, I went to them and they sort of told me what class he was in and what clubs he was a member of. So all this is kept public just for young players thinking about going through (laughs) Year 12 now and what they're going to put in their yearbook. But it did mean I had this like trove to talk to his
1: classmates. (laughs) Okay, well, okay, straight up,
3: if you're listening and you've done something, said something, wrote something in your yearbook that is mortifying, you thought that no one would ever be able to find it. Let us know. We will find it and we'll find we'll proof Attica of it. on the case. Dig
2: up, dig up my limerick in Year 6 about John Howard. Um, there you uh, go. Wrote about that would be interesting. Uh, <laughs> a, 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 a fellow uh, political pundit, I guess you could say, Year 6 Alex Dyson and yourself, Annika. Annika, tell us, <laughs> what amazing. What did you learn?
0: So what I learned is that he was really into uh, musical theatre, um, uh-huh. <laughs> which I put to him at one point and he was like, yes, as a straight man I probably know more Gilbert and Sullivan, uh, sort of comic operettas, uh, the words to it, than anyone else. Uh, he lent in heavily to this. He played sax. He was in the jazz band. Um, he starred on stage and screen. He even had an agent at one point when he was a kid because he was in a lot of ads. Which is not something I see as like Scotty from Marketing, one of the boys loving the rugby. I, I never expected to learn that he was so into musical theatre. I love musicals myself and I did not think we would share that.
3: Where are these ads? I want to know. I mean, are, they on, are they on YouTube? Are they in the National Library? The National
0: Archives are looking for them. He was in a Vicks Vaporub ad and apparently a Hungry Jacks ad when they oh first my. came to Australia. I
3: cannot believe that this has not been doing the wow. rounds. Let's get it. We need to get the Hungry Jacks ad.
0: Next time he's on, please ask him about it.
3: (laughs) All right. Let's get down to the business end of things, Annika. Okay.
2: Forget the car park, the rorts or the sports rorts. Forget the trip to Hawaii. Forget (laughs) not bringing back JobKeeper. Forget the the submarine deal, nuclear submarines deals. Forget (laughs) all of this, Annika. For the accidental Prime Minister, Matt Okine has a question.
3: How far did you dig into the Angerdean Maccas thing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, every, it's all everybody wants to know, who we cutting? I could have, my book could have been about a paragraph long. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> he denies it is all I know and... Think about this. You're a staffer in the Prime Minister's Mm. office and you go in there every day and knock on his door and say, Mr Prime Minister, um, you know, the French are very angry about us because we're about the subs and and Mm. you come up with an answer and you write speeches for them. There was a day when someone had to knock on his door, a well-paid, highly educated member of his staff and had to say, Scott, um, we've got a bit of an issue. Uh, There's some allegations you soiled yourself in a McDonald's Um, and had to seek an answer and put out a statement effectively. (laughs) Look, bless that staffer, he has been asked on the record. He denies it. Apparently he finds this whole story Mm. hilarious. Mm. Well, as Um, you did the
2: digging, though, Annika, you found out he was once an employee for Hungry Jacks who may (laughs) have something against a McDonald's and may want to leave (laughs) a small sign of disrespect uh, just this next to it the about. box of cookies. <laughs> we'll leave a anyway, we'll we'll leave it to the brown submarines
3: in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway.
2: Going nuclear. Um, finally, Anika, we're going to leave you. Congratulations on doing it. It's the accidental prime minister by Annika Smethurst. We're going to leave it with you. Did you come out with an outcome? Do you think Scott Morrison is a good prime minister?
0: Oh, I'm not in the position to say that. Look, there are yeah, parts better than, of than most. Sort of <laughs> You sort of go oh yeah that was an all right decision and other ones where you go oh that was uh ruthless look I, I sort of think politics has to be like that especially from journos like me i don't like when politics you know when we line up on different sides i think it's bad i'm here to just present facts what i hope people get from the book though is that if you like him you'll read it you'll find you know that could be reinforced maybe and you'll be challenged in other parts and vice versa people that despise him Read it. Maybe you'll find a bit about him that you don't mind. So the one thing I would say, though, is never underestimate him. His opponents have done it for years. They just think he's, you know, not to be taken seriously. I think that's actually his biggest advantage. And come the election, it'll happen again and again and again, and he's not to be underestimated. Oh, whether he is because it's clever
2: or shrewd, it'll be very interesting. The Accidental Prime Minister is the name of the book, Annika Smethurst. We will let you get back to it, and uh, thanks so much for joining us on All Day Breakfast.
0: Thanks, guys.
2: Matt, I remember hearing a quote not too long ago um, from someone that really, really knocked me around. I thought, yes, of course, when I heard this. And it relates to social media because, you know, you got your Facebooks, you got your Instagrams, you got your TikToks, right? And you can just download them to your phone for free and and use them. But I remember seeing some, I forget who it was, but the, like the quote was, if what you're using is free, then you're the product. Oh yeah, and so you're on the you're on Facebook. If if they' Facebook aren't charging you, oh we've got this service. Oh we've got this service. They're not charging you for that. You, my friend, are the commodity. They're taking your big data. Mm, exactly. They're your algorithms your location, getting your, They're taking your your mm,
3: pings.
2: Exactly. And look, it's a it's a quote that a couple of people in America probably should have had in mind. And they stumbled across a car in Mississippi, USA, um, which had a, and this is quite morbid, but had a, had a sign, free car, on it. Someone, someone put a sign, free car. And they went, oh, sweet. Jumped in the car, drove off. They drove to Copia <laughs> County. Were loving the new car, absolutely free. They thought, how good is this? Look in the back. Dead body in the back.
3: Now, body of a 34-year-old man was in the trunk. Uh, Autopsy's still yet to be done. It is too good, too awful, good to be true, and not enough time has passed for it to be actually
2: funny yet. But I tell you right, it was too good to be true. You walk along, you see a free car,
3: and I these mean, people a got few on there. Questions to be asked. Wouldn't
2: keys like, the ignition? <laughs> Anyone? Anyone for free car? <laughs> You gotta, you gotta just think. What's the catch? catch? I mean, the catch I don't even here? like
3: picking up money on the ground. I think <laughs> I, if I see money on the ground, like too much money, do you know what I mean? Yeah. First thing I think, well, I'm going to be embroiled in some sort of drug scheme. That um, you know, s- some mobsters going to yeah. come and get
2: me, or even worse, some twelve year olds attached to a little fishing rod, and as you go to pick it up, <laughs> just start winding, and you're on their lame prank YouTube channel.
3: Do you know? <laughs> Do you know? I have absolutely found something on the ground and thought, I wonder if someone is doing a study on how many Good Samaritans live in this area. And is the that what your mind of of easily goes to? Well, you wouldn't be yeah. duped
2: by these random criminals. Free I, I think of
3: Tracy Grimshaw every time. Really, I think is a current affair. Doing a you won't believe who. <laughs> just takes this money when they should be giving it to the police kind of story. So you just I left it on do. the ground
2: out of not wanting to
3: be got like that. I've kicked things around the corner to make sure <laughs> that there would not be cameras on me to then Wait, pick them up. What, pretending to not notice? What was it? Like yeah, some because money? I mean, if there's any, I would never do it to like somewhere that can be tracked to something, right? Okay. But like, you know, if it's like, if it's a wallet, you take, you give it back to the person who, whose ID is in there or whatever. Sure, right? of course. But then if it's like a big note and there's no no one looking, I have resorted to kicking it around the corner to make sure that I'm not being punked but they, and, and caught. But they'd surely notice that you were kicking it deliberately. <laughs> I I, I've like put it under my foot and scraped it around <laughs> along the ground around the corner. Like just pretending to walk.
2: Whoops, I'm just ridiculous. dragging
3: my foot for no
2: reason here. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> anyway, um, it did make us think of the talk back topic. What's turned out to be too good to be true? Free car, free money. What have people that offered you, which had a bit of a bit of a hitch? And some people got in touch, Matokine.
3: Ali Gherkin said, scored the best park at a busy beach. Uh, it was only forty minutes later I realized parked in a disabled parking zone. Oof. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs>
2: Wow, what are the
3: odds right out the front? <laughs> <laughs> you can't be doing that. Got to got got look. Uh, Cameron uh, Meldrum said when Alex came back for the lunchtime spot on uh, Triple J <laughs> but then didn't stay.
2: <laughs> oh, that was always going to be temporary. It was maternity yeah. leave. What could I do? You know, say, oh, I'm sorry, pregnant people, You, <laughs> you're, you're out. Rat dog's in. Do you know? Next I time, remember. think before you act when it comes to bringing a human life into this world.
3: <laughs> um, I remember being at David Jones in Toowong with my mum. I would have been about eight or nine years old, mm. right? Vividly remember watching an older gentleman. He would have been about 50, 40 yep. to 50, purchasing something and at the front counter there was a box of sort of wrapped chocolates, okay? Like imagine lint-style chocolates. Okay. These are sort of you know gourmet little numbers right i remember he looked he was looking at me we were standing kind of next to him at the at waiting to go i remember he was sort of looking at me and then the lady was was packaging his her things and she had her back turned and he looked down at the um the box of chocolates and picked out one of the little wrapped chocolates and went ooh and unwrapped it and then just popped it in his mouth and ate it and the way that he did it i assumed well these are complimentary chocolates. Sure, that happens so then, occasionally. Exactly. So then I went and picked yep. one up yep. and unwrapped it. This and is I way before <laughs> Matt
2: O'Kind started taking the free Mentos at the lounge.
3: <laughs> and I remember putting it in my mouth and mum lost her shit. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you're complimentary. And she's like, excuse me, ma'am, are these complimentary? And the lady was like, what? No, why would you think that? And I was like, (laughs) the man took one for free and she's like, well, he needed to pay for it. And mum's like, right now I'm going to buy this stupid chocolate. I was like, no.
2: Oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, let us know. Too good to be true. What's been too good to be true? Matt.n.alex, get in touch. And thank you very much for listening to All Day Breakfast today. Very much appreciate your company and I cannot wait to uh, do it all again tomorrow, such as the... uh the comfort and ease of a breakfast show you can listen to whenever you want.
3: Yeah, please get in touch with us at matt.n.alex. Uh Maybe you want to be an insider in one of our future episodes, so whatever industry you're in, you can hit us up. We'll do that thing with your voice and find out all the juicy goss. Or maybe
2: you have a mind-blowing fact that you want to uh, rip our craniums with. Please send us a message, matt.ann.alex. Record your voice Ooh, in. We'd love to hear from you. I got a good one. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah,
3: seriously. I was, uh, I'll was. i explain it all tomorrow, but I was I was pretty wowed by this.
2: I'm going to get my groan ready. There's no no doubt about it, I would say, uh, given the track record. But look, from everyone here at the team, myself, Matt, Marshy and Mrs. Pete Wentz, thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you later. <laughs> Bye.
1: Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at Alex Listener.